Hey guys, how you doing? JP Sari Kolia here and welcome again to another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast and welcome to all who are listening to the different platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, CastBox, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any other platform and also to those who are watching through YouTube. Thank you for the support. I appreciate that you are here with me today. Uh, today, I want to dedicate time, and I, I'm sure that you have heard this a lot. You know, every we have read a lot of articles. There's a lot of, uh, you know, excerpts of news everywhere on the passing of uh, Kentaro Miura, who was a phenomenal creator in the manga community. I would say in the last 30 years, 30, 35 years, but also a person that has inspired and inspires so much uh, in the entertainment world, whether it's in film in gaming, animation, uh, so many pieces of art, so many pieces of work that have taken inspiration from what he did in the Berserk story. And definitely it's something that it's, it was heartfelt. Uh, you know, we came to know just, what, a, a week or two weeks ago of his passing early this month. And definitely, really, a lot of people were expressing their mourning. A lot of uh, fans of the, you know, the, the, the this creator and the Berserk, they were all over social media, whether Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, everywhere, really expressing mourning and sorrow for, for the loss of this, uh, you know, giant of the, the manga universe, a creator that in many ways, when you look at the body of work that he did, it wasn't as much per se because he didn't create so many different stories. He, he created a couple of things, but Berserk was such a fabulous universe. Just the art alone and the story itself, the, you know, the dark, uh, elements on it uh, it was definitely very deep and profound for so many people and you know when people compare about what's the best manga a lot of some people are going to throw berserk because the fans of berserk really love that they will tell you it's the best manga ever created and at so at, at a certain extent i would agree with that because i do have my favorites and uh definitely uh, berserk is up there but i wouldn't consider it the best uh, but i can really consider one thing for sure that impacted not only the everything else in manga, but also impacted, again, like I mentioned, everything else in entertainment. And it was very different in so many ways and, and very deep and dark at the same time, but so deep, so close to the heart that I know that a lot of fans, of course, you know, they're mourning that. And it's a story that has been continuing. A lot of people have been expecting to end at some point, and they were hoping for this to end. But it took forever. But if you follow manga, you know that's how it works. Everything is serialized. But, um, you know, you never know if it's going to end or some fans are just uh, pretty much calling for this just to leave it the way it is, uh, just to leave it open uh, for interpretation by the fans. Other people are saying, you know, hoping for the, the people at this studio uh, where, uh, in this case, uh, Mira was uh, pretty much the, the, the lead creator uh, the people, their, their assistants and all of them to really continue the work and finish it uh, just as a, pretty much as, as a last stand on the work that he did and uh, just as a farewell to a great creator. But it's been an interesting time. You know, I've read so many articles, you know, people praising his work. And of course, now, and not only that, I, I read articles from different websites that normally don't cater to manga or even comic book readers because the impact was heartfelt everywhere uh, and people were talking about you know and people that didn't even know who this person was now are talking about kentaro and it is amazing the legacy this man has left behind and uh, today i want to talk about it because it impacted me in, in some ways and i gotta be honest and straightforward with you I, i'm not really a, a manga person 
Although I have read manga and there are a couple of mangas that, you know, series that I definitely enjoy a lot. You know, I, of course, I've been reading all the Dragon Ball series, which is more kiddish in some ways, but it, it's fun to read. My favorite's always been, uh, you know, in this case, Battle um, Angel Alita, which I always consider one of the best. Uh, you know, and people can, you know, there are comparisons. I have review in my main channel, JPSR Reviews, the manga. And so people, you know, brought the comparison between, because I said, this is to me the best manga story ever created, because I do believe it's one of the best and perhaps the best, at least for me. But of course, people were already defending Berserk then. And they were saying, well, I, I disagree with you. I think Berserk is better. And yes, it's always going to be different fans for different genres or some genres. And I do love Alita. Definitely Gunma is, is one of my favorites. And I feel that, you know, uh, Gary is <laughs> it's something it's a special book. But um, Berser has something that it was very different. And when you're talking about two different stories and, and two different sides of the spectrum and there are darkness in both. But definitely there was something about the art of Kentaro that was amazing. It was something about the darkness in it, the, the, the way that he did the panels, the backgrounds, the detail. And that's the reason why he took forever. And sometimes it would take months for him to continue the story, which uh, a lot of people find always uh, a lot of fans. Definitely, they, they were impatient about it. But people understood that that was the way he was. He was a perfectionist. So when thinking about all those factors and the history and definitely some of the back history uh, early in the 90s when he was doing some of the work and some of his journals and things where, you know, there was definitely he was dealing with uh, some, you know, mental with uh, problems, you know, mental issues, you know, you know, in his mental health with depression and anxiety and so many things. And he was a hermit, you know, living just for the creation and the art. And definitely a lot of people trying to translate that saying, well, that's the reason why he, he passed away because, you know, he was very young, 54 years old. And definitely he, some people are saying, well, he was killed by his own work. Although uh, some people have come into the defense, people that have worked with him saying that he left a good life at the end of his days, that he took care of himself, all of that. But of course, you know, he was a very private person. And you're going to notice that a lot of uh, manga creators, uh, they they keep a very low profile. They really don't spend so much time on social media. And they're just artists involved with their craft. And to me, when I was thinking about those things and really analyzing a lot of the factors, it really touched me on a personal level. Uh, because I felt that in so many ways, I can reflect myself with the work of Kentaro. Even though I don't see the world the same way he does or he did. Uh, and even though his manga was not my favorite thing, because I'm not really the type of person that embraces the dark as much as other people do, and I prefer a more lighthearted view of the world, I still feel that all of us, in some way, we struggle with the same problems of the same questions and also the same challenges as Kentaro did. And it's the fact that we get so invested in what we do that sometimes we forget to live a little and to really experience life beyond just the confinement of our creation. And I want to really expand on that today. And I want to do it with the utmost respect because I did not know personally Kentaro. So I have, you know, I'm, I have to respect him. I don't want to use him as a point of contention in, in his passing because I think that's disrespectful. I, I, that's not the reason why. But for me, the way it touched me, not only to acknowledge the impact that he did in the art and the way a lot of the franchises that I love, whether it's in comics, whether it's in, in gaming, uh, and the you know the image and the the signature that he put into every aspect of those things, but also 
to really consider his legacy in his life and also the learning lessons that I think I can take as a person, that I can compare myself to what he he went through and the things that I go through. If you follow my main channel, JPSI Reviews, I this week I announced that I am uh, really parting from this, what I'm doing here. I've been doing this full time for two and a half years. Um, I've been doing the podcast for a little longer, almost three years. But uh, two years and a half, two, two and a half years ago, I decided to do this full time, YouTube and my podcast and everything. And it's been an adventure, but it's been pouring my soul into what I do here. And yes, you can say that, well, I cannot compare myself to the work of Mura, but I can say one thing that there's an artistic aspect of what I do here. It is creation. I'm putting all my creative juices into what I do. Uh, I'm speaking my mind, but I'm, I'm recording this. I'm editing this. I'm just making my videos look better, my thumbnails. Uh, I talk about art all the time. I talk about all the things that inspire me. And I share. This is a passion. It is something that I do because I'm passionate about. But in the last, I would say, two and a half years, I've, I have invested so much time into it to the point that it's been, uh, at some points, even difficult for me to handle physically my health has struggled with it. Um, the first year, at the end of that, the, the of 2019, I ended up in the hospital because of for that because I was so stressed out trying to produce, trying to keep up with the numbers, trying to maintain, trying to understand the algorithms on YouTube. Last year, I ended up going to Mexico for three months because of health reasons as well, and it was a great time for me to spend time with my parents and with my mother. And also to you know to take to take care of myself, but um, the reason why I was also is because of that stress. And I'm telling you, being doing YouTube because sometimes most people when they look at what you do in YouTube, they only look at a video, but they don't really realize all the work that it entails to make that video. That for every minute that you put into it, you're talking about at least an hour of work that you have to do in order to create that to really make that work the best. So a video that can be five, 10 minutes, and my videos can sometimes be long up to 15 or even 20 or, or even more than that, depending on the type of subject that I'm talking about. Uh, working on that, it will take me the rest of the day, the whole day. It can take me only a few minutes to film, but it can take you hours, eight hours, 10 hours, just to make that video just the way you want it, just to edit everything, add the parts. You know, if I'm adding images or video on top of that, all of those things take time. But you want to, and you might have a vision of what you want to do, and you work towards that vision, and you dedicate so much time to it that it, it becomes something that it really engulfs everything you do because you want the best piece of work from you. It's like you're expressing your heart. You want your heart to be out there for people to see your heart, to see it raw in some ways, but also to be, to, in some ways, also to see the best and the worst of it. But uh, in all of that, it says you really are a perfectionist of your art. This is your craft. This is my craft. This is what I do. You know, I've been doing it for a living, but also because it's my passion. I, I didn't get into it because I, I thought that I would make buku money, that I would be crazy money here, that I will just, you know, gather all of that and it's sponsorships and all that. It's just because I was in love with it and I wanted to get into it. And ultimately, I decided after, you know, all this trial and error time, I decided just, I think it was a great run to do it full time. But I think it's, I'm coming to a place where I need time for myself. And also I need to recoup financially all the stuff, the losses. So that uh, it means to me that going back to a full-time job. And if you follow my channel, I recently announced that I'm, I'm, you know, like that I'm going to start working with this company that gave me an offer. They actually took me and they brought me to their main offices. So they, they pay for all the expenses, you know, traveling expenses, hotel, food, all of that. 
they wanted me to be part of their company. They are building a market in this area where I live, and they interested in me because of my resume, because of my history, all of that, everything that I have to offer, and they, they wanted me on board, and they offered me a fantastic starting you know, salary and also a commission plan that is, I would say, great because there's no cap on it. I can make as much as I want to, and they already have a, a, a plans in place and partners in place, so it's not like I'm going to start from scratch building something up. So there's a lot of things there. Plus, is, you know, the benefits are phenomenal, you know, medical, all the, the insurances that you need, the retirement plan, vacation time, phenomenal vacation time. They, they offer you so much time. And I'm, I'm like, oh, 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 on it. You know, I'm really interested on it. And I took it, you know, and it was I'm really eager to start as soon as we, we get everything set, because we're right now working on the process of setting stuff up, getting the stuff ready that we need, all of that. Uh, the space where I'm going to work, the office space, all of that, the marketplace, all of that. So it's a lot of things that we're working on, but it's been a terrific time for me. Um, and considering all the things I have done the last two and a half years, I'm blessed to be able to separate my hobbies and my passions from, you know, my work environment. Because in many ways, what I do here, it becomes so burdensome. You know, it's a burden that you have to carry with you because my my work, my job is also my passion and my hobby. And it's good when you bring your passion into, when you, be, you know, transform that passion into a job, into a career, into something sustainable. But it's not always the case. It doesn't always happen like that. And I think many artists struggle with that idea because in part you want to create because that's in your nature. You're creative. You want to build this. But at the same time, in the other hand, you have to keep it sustainable. You have to survive on it. And that is the, the most difficult challenge. You become part of this machine of creation. You're creating, you're charming all this. So the machine continues moving along and continue producing and you're able to survive. But then you become a slave of the system that you despise. And it, it, it comes to a place where you feel completely out of the loop, completely out of touch with the reality. And many artists struggle with that. You know, I have talked to many artists over the years, whether it's sculptors, whether it's pencilers, whether it's painters, whether it's people that are in all type of realms of the arts. And they will always tell you that, that it is a struggle to trying to stay afloat because in your mind, you are creating, you're constantly changing, transforming, trying new things. But um, at the same time, you have to be you have to be able to sustain that. And then in many ways, you end up working for these companies or doing this for that. Not necessarily what you're passionate about, just doing it just to keep up with it. The same way that in many ways here with my channel and, you know, my podcast and everything I do. Uh, sometimes I've been forced to talk about subjects that I'm not really interested on or cover things that I really don't really caught my attention or they're not important to me. But it's because I have come to a place where I understand how the algorithm is working so I have to work with the algorithm, not against it. And in some ways, you become this, there's a slave mentality. You become a slave to it, to the point that you're no longer doing the best of you, in, you know, producing what you want to produce. Now you're producing something that is, in many ways, forgettable. And in many ways, it's just part of the system. It's just one more to one more because they build in this pyramid of interest, you know, because that's what social media does. It's just keeping people engaged into it. And they really don't care about what you're offering. They they care that the, the system itself only cares about promoting what goes viral. And as soon as something goes viral or something, they're going to utilize it to add as much ads as possible. And with those ads, of course, they make their money. They're not interested in what you have to say. And that's the part where you're going to see a lot on YouTube, for example, that there's a lot of quality content out there that is never 
found. That's a lot of people that really have a voice, but they don't have as many, a big follow up. They don't have many followers because they are not really concentrating on trying to build this, you know, on trying to work the, the system, you know, the time frame or all of that or what you have to say, what you couldn't say or the way you do your thumbnails. There's a lot of great content, but of course, you have to kind of work in a way that it makes it more productive. You have to be productive. But at the same time, in that end of being of trying to be productive, you end up sometimes sacrificing your yourself, sacrificing the authenticity of your work and also your spirit, your heart in it, because it's no longer your heart. Recently, I was talking, I remember maybe you follow this podcast and you listen to the episode where I talked to Ed Bradley, a great friend, a great painter. He was talking about that there are a lot of people that what he does in his work, and it really touched me because he said, um, he mentioned this where uh, he's talking about that most people do not know his real work. They don't know him. They know the work that he does for these companies, the way he does the painting, but they don't know the real painter in him that wants to do this type of work. But of course, he's limited by these companies he works with and the way they expect the expectation and what they demand, of course, is work for hire. So he has to do the work they expect. But in his heart, he wants to do something totally different. So when he gets the chance, which is very difficult, of course, because he's working, he's constantly doing this project. So it's, you don't really get much time for yourself uh, as an artist. So you don't get as, as much time to really produce the stuff you want to produce. But when you get the chance, you do the best that you can, because that's you. That's who you are. And I feel that that's the same that happens in every aspect of work and every aspect of passion of the arts on any of that. Like, I feel that in the channel, there's sometimes I spend so much time talking about I doing reaction videos, talking about these projects. But in my mind, I want to do something else. In my mind, I'm thinking, I want to do this. I want to try that. I want to talk about this subject. And that's the reason why I ultimately I created also the podcast, because in the podcast, I was able to talk about the things that I want to talk, even though it may not have a lot of viewers or it made a lot of listeners. But the people that are here are here because they're interested in what I have to say on a personal level. They do not care much about the technicality aspects or, you know, the review of this new product that is coming coming soon. And they want my point of view if they want to pre-order or not. They want to hear my voice in regards to things like this, uh, mental health, uh, in regards to what is my opinion in regards to politics, what is my opinion in regards to the art of the, the direction of the company, so the, what they're doing and what I considered about the new ideas or the new techniques, all of that. So I'm here, I'm sharing everything that is inside of me that is boiling, wants to come out. And that's what I always love about the podcast. You know, I remember when I was uh, a person gave me the hint to try the podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was. But when I took the opportunity, it became something like, oh, this is really um, eye opening, but also it's, you know, allows my spirit to be free. Because here I'm not, the facade. I'm not just a mass trying to build something. I'm not just a representative of a company, unpaid representative, because I'm representing these companies in some ways, building their reputation by talking about the products, but I'm not even getting paid by them. But here, there's no facade. Here, it's me, raw, natural, the way I am, the way what you see here is who I am in the real world. I'm a fast talker. You know, I'm passionate about things. I say, you know, a lot. You know, because, you know, my mind is going too fast that I don't get the chance to really think about the next thing I'm going to say. I'm already thinking about it. So this is me and this is what I love. But at the same time, I understand that uh, that's not always the selling point. And, you know, and unfortunately, we live in a world that is so limiting in a world that it's um, it's about just um, how you can fig yourself. 
we live in a world of of lies and unfortunately those lies and those things that we do and we don't do um those are the things that in some ways determine who we are even though even though we're not it's not exactly who we are intimately in the person in the in the, in the deepest part of our soul and i feel that that's a part where i think every artist struggle so when i was thinking about it um you know i was actually before the passing of mira i was considering if i wanted to do this to to live this or if i wanted to continue on because in my mind i'm thinking i haven't really accomplished what i wanted to accomplish i haven't really met the goals that i set myself two and a half years ago and part of me feels like it's a failure and i feel in some ways defeated by it but at the same time, I came to the conclusion, if I'm going to see these goals as the end result of my life, then I'm just driven by the goal, and I'm not driven by the adventure of finding myself in the middle of it. Because I do believe that all of us, we come to this world, and we don't have, there's no a real manual about life. There's no, we don't come with instructions. We all have to discover ourselves in the process, what we like, what we don't like, and also we have to push you know, our boundaries to see how far we can go into certain things. And people will say, well, it's about being at the top, but the top can be a very lonely place. And unfortunately for people like Mira, um, he was at the top, one of the best creators in the world. But in so many ways, people didn't know the real Mira. Uh, they didn't know him personally. They only knew his work. And so people are already making assumptions of his dead and the reason why he died, all of that, because they didn't know him personally, because they didn't get the chance to do it. Only the people that were close to him, they can probably say with certainty who he was but ultimately nobody really knows who he was and all we have is this image of a creator that dedicated a lot of time to berserk and we might even assume that he was a depressed guy we might assume that he was struggling with mental illness and substance abuse as well who knows but that's just an interpretation of what we see not the reality of who he was and i feel that in some ways we do that a lot we judge the book by the cover and instead of just reading the pages and really getting to know the person in real life and i feel that we need that more than ever in this world that is so full of pain and sometimes so full of constant battling with between people we live in this cancel culture where people get canceled just because they said something mean 10 years 15 years ago and we say well that's terrible you know this person is bad and worse and we don't know you know we all have said bad things in our lifetime we even said all the time, and the, the the fact is that we we try to cancel people for what they say when they were the, the younger version of themselves, you know. And you know, as we all know, we've been through that. We have made a lot of mistakes. Culture has changed. The things that were permitted or were, in many ways, allowed culturally back in the day, like twenty, thirty years ago, we don't see it as well now. And you know, the fact that some people prefer to cancel people for assumptions. Because we, you know, just a person that is, when a person that's upset may say the worst things in the world. You know, we all do that. I can say the worst things in the world when I'm upset. That doesn't make me an evil person or a murderer. Um, you know, if I want, you know, and if I, this, you know, in this case, wish for somebody to die. You know, I'm not saying that I have done that. I don't think I ever done that. But I feel that sometimes when we are in the heat of the moment, in the heat of a conversation, when we are upset, we say a lot of things. And I do remember back here in the early days of, of social media, People were more, there was no filter. People were more open to say whatever they wanted to say. And a lot of things, you know, that nowadays they'd be considered racist, homophobic, all of those things people were saying. If you remember, like back in the day, on the early Xbox days, people were really nasty. And still to this day, you can get to see that. But people were saying all kind of mean stuff. And you kind of learned to deal with it um, because it was part of the system. 
And of course, things change, people mature, people understand, and they really acknowledge their mistakes. But I feel that in many ways, we tend to criticize, but also to label people based on what our consideration is or what our view is. And I feel that in some ways, Kintaro also suffered from that, uh, a person that was in many ways judged by his work and ultimately not by who he was. And in some ways, you know, he had to continue that, you know, and it was Berserk was extremely popular and still is. And it, right now I, I was reading that it's, it's selling well, like people are just buying the, the book. So they're going to make money out of that. Um, and, you know, it's it's how it is. It is a business ultimately. And the memory of a person like we know with Stanley as after his passing, you know, there's you know, they have made so much stuff out of his memorial. And, you know, people love him, you know, and but they have this image of Stanley and some people may not agree with that image of Stanley, the friendly man. So people don't like him because, you know, there's always going to be the critics that will say that, you know, in, in, in the end, he took money. He was he took advantage of many of the creators and many of the artists that actually were the ones that put the work and they created the work that he just put a stamp on of his name on. And, you know, there's always going to be that, you know, that idea. But ultimately, I feel that people are people and we our best, we're the best, and our worst, we're the worst. We make mistakes like everyone else. But thinking about his legacy, I can say that definitely uh, Berserk is always going to be seen as one of the best pieces of work in manga. And that's just that's just the reality. It is one of the best. Would I consider the best? How, you know, it depends. I think only time can tell. I haven't really kept with it. I haven't read it all. I have read parts and different arcs here and there. And I've enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy a lot of it, but I never really was in tune with it as much as other people were. Perhaps it's just my personality as much as I did with, you know, Battle Angel Alita. I felt that Battle Angel was, in my opinion, better, which I felt more, uh, I, you know, I felt the hard. Uh, I felt more connection with Alita than I did with uh, Guts. But that doesn't mean that that takes away from it or it's a lesser piece of work because it's not. And in so many ways, Berserk was better, you know, just graphically than Alita. It was just outstanding, the level of detail and the work and how dynamic it was and, you know, still is. It's one that I do recommend anyone, if you have ever read anything, if you're looking for something, you want to get into manga, I would recommend those two. I recommend to read Berserk and also Alita. I, I just, it just, there's something about him that is good. Um, and there's other pieces of work, of course, but definitely was interesting. Um, and that's the legacy that I feel that a lot of people want to remember him by the, the good work, the stuff that he created, the inspiration. And also uh, a lot of people find themselves dealing with their own struggles emotionally. A lot of people find inspiration to survive, to move on, uh, to battle depression, you know, health, uh, you know, problems, you know, issues that they had to deal with in all of that, that was really injected into his work. And I feel that it's good to remember a person like that, to remember for the good, not just for the bad, and to realize that. But at the same time, personally, I take him from this, it really, all of this, what happened, it really prompted me to say, you know what, I don't want to find myself passing at 50 something. You know, I don't have, I cannot tell the time. I'm 40 something. He was, you know, he was only 10 years older than I. He did a lot in his life. But ultimately, he, he left young. And I don't want that for me. I want a better life. And I feel that, you know, I don't want my art or my passion to take over in a way that I don't take care of myself. Uh, I'm not really checking with the doctor because in some ways, it really touched me because I do also have a heart condition. Um, you know, I do have an enlarged heart. I was born with it. 
And I did not know about it until recently, until, you know, everything started having uh, end up with a doctor and they did analysis and they did all this stuff. And the doctor told me, this is what it is. You have an enlarged heart. And it appears that this is something that, you know, you were born with and came to realize that actually my father has the same thing, which in many ways allows me, my heart is always pumping faster than normal. And it means that I do have more energy. I don't sleep as much. I can go to sleep very late, two o'clock in the morning, 3 a.m. And get up at 7 a.m. So I barely sleep. It's something that I've struggled with for a long time. You know, I, I sleep deep. But uh, the older I'm getting, the, the less I rest. I realize that I have not taken care of myself because I'm so engulfed in what I'm doing and my passion of doing this that I just for, forget everything else around me. And I feel that in the end, it's about mental health and it's about taking care of yourself. And it really touched me and really prompted me. That was actually the last draw for me. What happened with Mura to say, you know what? I need to take this job. I need to take this uh, opportunity that has been offered to me seriously because, you know, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be stuck here in this desk producing content, editing videos for the rest of my life. You know, I want to go beyond that. I still want to do this from time to time because it's a fun thing. But I want to go back to the beginning of it nine years ago when I started doing this and it was just about having fun. And I feel that that's important is to have fun with what we do. And sometimes, you know, it's not a failure to admit that it's not working and it hasn't really worked for me as well. You know, for other people, it may work for other people. You know, what you see is what you see this face on YouTube or whatever. You might see that the person is, is you know, bringing down all the different goals and, you know, all the, the, the challenges he's passing those. And you know, it's a lot of people like doing that and they're, you know, making it on that. But you don't see the real them. You don't see what they're struggling with. You don't see that. You know, how is this affecting their families and their finances and the fear of the future? Because definitely YouTube for more than it's a, a great adventure and you can make some money out of it. At the same time, it doesn't offer you any type of benefits. You're working technically for Google, but you don't get any benefits. You don't get any stability. You don't have retirement plan. You don't have insurance. You don't have none of those things. So you have to make up as much as you can. You have to find ways to make the money. And then there's so many streams of revenue that you have to worry about. So it takes away from the time that you want to build and construct and just dedicate time to produce content. Now you are engulfing this battle of, you know, I need to be productive, but at the same time, I need to, you know, to make money out of that productivity. So it's so much that goes into it that you see it as a business, which is a business. This is a business, what I've been handling, but it's a business like any other that can work out for good and work out against you. And sometimes it's better just to say, you know what, I'm not going to be stubborn about it. I'm just going to move on and, you know, do this again, find my heart, find my passion uh, on it and do it again as, you know, without any type of um, strings attached, you know, not just doing it because I'm pressured to do it, but because I love to do it. And I feel that that's what's really prompted me. So this is what I wanted to share in this podcast this uh, this week. Um Yes, there are changes coming to my life. Uh, if you are not following my main channel, only the podcast. Yes, I don't know what the future will entail. I don't know if the podcast, I want to continue doing the podcast weekly, but I don't know how this is going to work out because the job that I'm going to do is going to require my time. Of course, you know, it's a job. Uh, and it means that I have to go to work from eight to five, like everyone else. And then I have to handle other things, perhaps even off hours, who knows? And it's going to be a job that is going to require my attention. So I'm not going to be able to get up in the morning like I do nowadays just to create content, to film, to edit, to do all these things. 
So it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to it. So I don't know if the podcast is going to suffer from that. I would not like that to happen because I enjoyed this time. This is my time. This is the time that I share my heart. But um, and maybe we'll find a way to do it. Who knows? Um, but definitely it's going to maybe affect maybe in, at the beginning while we settle things and we start, you know, getting and build the reputation and my clientele, all of the stuff that I need to do and, you know, getting this stuff done. So it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to it. But once I think we pass that, then definitely there is an opportunity there that that, you know, things will get back to normal. Who knows? I don't know. And I would not make a promise, a false promise to you or to anyone, uh, because I do believe that ultimately it's a, you know, it's it's something that it has to be organic more than just pre-planned. And I do, I do believe that you have to sometimes pre-plan things. But in this case, the way things are going for me, I, I don't I don't foresee myself working on a schedule per se. But I still want to continue the podcast at least on a weekly basis. But we don't know, and I will let you know. For the time being, you know, this is what we're doing and I'm getting closer to the 200 mark, which I'm really looking forward to because I want this to be, I don't know what's going to happen after the 200. I don't know, but definitely looking forward to get to episode number 200. And I'm always, I'm so proud of that, to be honest with you. I'm proud because when I started the podcast, I didn't know that it would last more than just a few episodes. And every time that I was doing a new episode, I was just engaged with it and I'm still engaged with it. I still feel, you know, like it's something that is so good. I want to do more interviews. Uh, you know, I, I talked to a few creators and I want to do more of that, more conversations. But, you know, because of the last few weeks, I've been, you know, with this, you know, doing the job interviews and stuff like that and going to meet these people and spend a couple of days there. I didn't get a chance to really you know, to have to follow and those, um, and those invitations, what I'm going to do. And hopefully I get to do that before everything starts full force. Of course, now the holiday is coming this weekend. So, you know, a lot of people are going to be relaxing. So I'm taking some time to, to do some content that I had actually, I haven't finished that I've been working on. And, but after that, who knows? I don't know what, you know, I know by July, this is going to be so heavy for me. So I don't know how July is going to be. But I'm glad. And definitely that allows me to have financial stability and also to bring more money that can also I can use towards building the channel or, you know, my equipment. I need better equipment and also getting maybe some stuff to review because I know people want me to review stuff. But, you know, last two year and a half years, I haven't really spent money buying stuff. So I have find way I have found ways to talk about other subjects because there's nothing to review because I don't have the money to invest in review for review stuff. Um, but now of course with income coming in, then things may change. And, but definitely I, there are a couple of things that I want to do to improve this. And, you know, I need better cameras. I need all of that. And, um, so definitely I'm looking forward to that. It's just that it's still, regardless, if I go to work on this and that, I still, my heart is still kind of preparing for it. It's like, I'm still thinking, oh, wow, now I can get this. Now I can get this stuff that I wanted so long. Now I can invest on this camera, on this lens that I've been wanting for so long. But I haven't had the chance because of the, you know, I wasn't making any money, you know. So all of that to me is good. Or maybe I can better, better microphone, better equipment, all of that. All of those things are really rolling in my head and the opportunities that I can do. So definitely, I'm definitely looking. I think this is more than just a letdown for me. It's an opportunity, an open door for something better. And that's always good. And I'm really glad for that. But I want to say to all of you, thank you very much. And definitely with all due respect to Kentaro Mura and his uh, his legacy we always going to remember the man he is definitely a you know it was a highlight what he did and it is sad that he's gone uh, in his own young age but 
definitely it's a lot that we can learn from him, not only from his beautiful art and his beautiful artist, uh, the artistry, but also his creation, his his writing, but also I think from the aspects of his life and his work that we can learn the good and the bad. I think we can always take the good, not only because we tend to have the tendency to only see the good, but also we can see the bad and the things that we can learn from. I think there's a lesson there to be learned from for all of us one way or another. But my friends, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. God bless you. Take care. Uh, don't forget, if you're here for the first time, like, comment, and subscribe here on YouTube. Um, follow, you know, subscribe to the podcast and the different platforms. Share that on, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, all the links are down below. Uh, take care, my friends. I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.